This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. And this is all about debt questions. Uh, Sands & Associates and Blair, we're so lucky to have them, is going to give us all kinds of answers to really commonly asked questions about personal debt as well as the solutions that are available. Uh, Blair says lots of people feel overwhelmed. We've talked about that before in other segments, uh, especially when it's something you don't know more about, whether it be questions about credit, debt, especially debt help. You don't know what your rights are, what the creditors can and can't do, what bad debt's going to stop you from being able to do. Blah. There's so many questions. Questions here. So, Blair, what are the most common questions you hear about uh, for folks dealing with a specific debt these days? Well, there's definitely some really recurring themes, and certainly right now in this post-COVID high inflation environment, tons of people have questions about credit card debt, um, payday loans, and SERB overpayments. So let's talk about a couple of those. Uh, and in this segment, sometimes we'll go into a lot of detail, sometimes be a little bit quick. Uh, we're going to try to get through a number of questions here that are consistently asked. Um, so number one question I get is, what's the best way to settle credit card debts? Um, and certainly when it comes to streamlining your debts into one consistent consolidation, uh, you know, one payment that you make each month that's going to get you out of debt. The best way to go forward is to investigate a consumer proposal. Uh, It's an alternative to you borrowing more money. And what happens in a consumer proposal is you pay zero interest and you only pay back the portion of the debt that you can afford. So typically a consumer proposal creates a whole lot more room in your overall budget. uh, And it gives you a plan that lets you know exactly when you're going to be debt free, because it's too, uh, too easy to get trapped into that minimum payment cycle of, you know, you make a minimum payment, you charge some more on the card, and then suddenly two, three, five, even 10 years later, you're still dealing with that same debt that you probably paid it back a few times over, but the interest charges and the low minimum payments just keep you in debt. So a consumer proposal is one of the best options to settle your credit card debt. And that's something everybody should investigate. If you're carrying a balance on your credit card, at least quote out to speak with a trustee about what a proposal might look like. Uh, second big question that we're getting these days, is there anything I can do about my CERB overpayment or other CRA government debt? So if you remember back to that CERB, uh, Canada Emergency Response Benefit, you know, $2,000 every four weeks, you just had to click a couple boxes online. And it turns out a lot of folks um, through some inadvertence, they thought they were eligible, they actually weren't eligible. And now CRA is asking for that money back. Um, so similar to the, the first answer, what you can do if you're not able to pay CRA back in full for any any CERB overpayments, you can offer them a consumer proposal. You can say, well, CRA, I can afford to pay back 25, 30 cents in the dollar, something along those lines. I can't afford to pay it back in full. And if I were to file for bankruptcy, everyone would be worse off. You wouldn't get much back. So typically CRA will accept a consumer proposal for a CERB overpayment as long as it's done through a licensed insolvency trustee and provides a reasonable return um, on, on the amount of debt that's owing. All right. What um, what about uh, the different kind of kinds of debt help services? What are some of the questions that you find yourself answering from folks about those? 
I think that the number one question often is, you know, how can I access the government debt relief program? You know, I've seen some ads on Facebook, or I've been Googling around, and I saw there's this new government program that can help me get out of debt, and, um, you know, I need to know about that. Well, to be very straight and frank with everybody, government debt relief programs or grants do not exist. What you're seeing online is a ton of scams, a ton of um, various unlicensed, unregulated advisors, you know, really trying to mislead consumers so that they can charge some, some fees. So the only government sanctioned uh, restructuring plan is either a consumer proposal or a personal bankruptcy. We talk about these options at length on, on the show here. And to access either of those remedies, you don't need a credit counselor, you don't need an extra third party service, you don't need a referral, all of these things can be accessed at no cost. And what you find is that the folks that are advertising a government debt relief program, what they're often advertising is a consumer proposal, but they're going to use so many smoke and mirrors to try to make it seem like you can't do this on your own. You need an advisor. You can't go direct to the trustee. That's absurd. Where, of course, anyone that listens to this show knows you could phone up Sands and Associates at any time and probably have a meeting the same day or the next day at no charge, no obligation, no middleman required. So you definitely need to be careful if you're looking for, hey, this government funded option. It doesn't exist when you file a proposal or a bankruptcy. The government's not paying any of the cost of those programs. So there's no government subsidies here. It's just the government has created this legislation and trustees are here to help you access it. But just be careful that you're not looking for a solution out there that doesn't exist, but is often highlighted by very unscrupulous off um, operators who are taking advantage of people at their lowest point often. And to get a hold of Sands & Associates, their phone number is 1-800-661-3030. Their website, which is just chock-a-block full of great questions and answers, is sands-trustee.com. You can also make an appointment to sit down or talk with somebody on the phone about your situation. If you think it's unique and that nobody's going to be able to help you or I've got to do this route and not that route, this is a great opportunity as well. So the phone number, one 1-800-661-3030, the website sands-trustee.com. Um, do lots of folks come to you asking about, well, what option do I have that's not maybe going to impact my credit score? Because folks pay a lot of attention to credit scores too. Yeah, that, that's a big question that people have. I think there's almost no clients I've ever dealt with who at some point we don't discuss. And obviously, we come at it head on. You know, here's the impact to your credit score. And a lot of folks say, well, you know, do I really want to do this if it's going to impact my credit? And, and quite often, the answer is a resounding yes. You know, you being debt free is so much more important than you trying to maintain a perfect credit credit score at all stages of your life. Um, so to give the straight answer, is there an option that allows you to reduce your debt while not impacting your credit score at all? No, that option does not exist. And anybody that says that it does is just either misinformed or is actively misleading. Um, anytime that you don't pay your debts in full, according to the original borrowing agreement, your credit score will take a hit. Now, even if you pay back 100% of the debt that's owing, you work with a credit counselor, you pay back all of the principal, but you need to get a break on the interest, your credit score takes a hit. And it's actually quite similar to the hit your credit score would take if you filed a consumer proposal and actually reduce 
reduce the debt by 70 or even 80%, your credit score is going to look pretty similar than if you had filed with a credit counselor to pay back in full. What people need to take in mind here is that a credit score is something that will change over the term of your life. And quite often, it's the right decision to have some short-term pain for a long-term benefit. So a lot of folks, when we sit down with them, we talk to them about their financial goals, well, they eventually want to qualify for a mortgage at some point. And we can say to them, well, you're never going to qualify for a mortgage, regardless of your credit score, if you've got a whole lot of balances on your credit cards and you haven't saved a down payment. It's going to be impossible for you to get approved. So quite often when we think, so for you to pay this debt down on your own, well, that's going to take, you know, 10, 15 years, going to take all the money that you have, you're not going to be able to save. Let's take that as scenario A. Well, scenario B is you do a consumer proposal, you pay off a reduced amount of the debt over up to five years, maybe even less, and the payment is actually so low that you're able to save at the same time. You can save that down payment. And when you finish that proposal, if it was a five-year proposal, a year after it's done, it's off your credit report, like it never happened. So if you've done things right, you've saved some money, you've rebuilt your credit, you could be achieving those financial goals so much more quickly by having filed a consumer proposal, having a short-term setback on the credit, but getting back to zero debt and actually having some savings and some room in your budget. So in almost every case, the right decision is to focus on becoming debt-free, knowing that people can literally resurrect their credit score even after a bankruptcy in as little as two to three years. You can go from having very poor credit to stellar credit that would never be a barrier if you take the right steps. Can we go back to the consumer proposal for a second? How does somebody qualify to do a consumer proposal with you? Yeah, very straightforward. So to do a consumer proposal, you have to be a person um, and not a business. So, you know, if you have a sole proprietorship, that's okay. You're still a person, but an incorporated business can't file a consumer proposal. There are other options, but you essentially have to be a, an individual uh, or a sole proprietorship. Uh, you have to owe some money. It has to be more than $1,000 and less than $250,000. And that excludes the mortgage on your principal residence. So usually that up to $250,000 is broad enough to capture very a large amount of situations for individuals, uh, you have to be insolvent. And what that means is that you're legitimately not able to pay the debt back in full. So it might be that the value of your assets are far lower than the value of your debts. And if you sold everything, it still wouldn't be enough. Or it might be, well, you know, you've got some assets, but they're mortgaged or, you know, you don't really want to sell the family home. You don't know where you're going to go from there. So short of having to sell that asset, you can't pay back the debts. So you're insolvent because you're just not able to make payments except that significant hardship. Uh, you have to already not be in a consumer proposal because you can only have one proposal going at a time. Uh, and the final thing is you have to work directly with a licensed insolvency trustee. So only a trustee can help you access the proposal. And we try to make it as straightforward as possible at Sands and Associates. So it just starts with that free consultation. And then we help you guide you down the road from that point if you want to move forward. How much do people often end up paying in a consumer proposal, Blair? You know, every situation is a little bit different, but reductions of, you know, 50 to 80% are quite common. So if, for example, if someone had $15,000 of debt, they might be able to reduce it by 70% down to $4,500. And they'd pay that at $125 a month over a 36 month period. So this is what sounds too good to be true. You're telling me $15,000 of debt can be $125 a month over three years. Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you is when you file a consumer proposal, you're able to achieve results that are very similar to that in many, many cases. 
Okay. And what's, uh, do people ask about, well, how does this impact my partner or my mm -hmm. spouse? Because I would think that time. would be a worry. Of course. And yeah, sometimes spouses will come in together. Sometimes, you know, one spouse hasn't told the other about their debt problem, which yeah. that's an ex extra level of stress too. So we encourage people to be financially open. But the thing to keep in mind is that whatever your debts are, don't suddenly become joint just because you become married or cohabitated. So if your debts are only in your name, you could file a consumer proposal and have literally zero impact on your spouse. It would not impact their credit, their debts, their assets, anything like that. Uh, if you do you have some joint debts, things that you've borrowed together, well, then you might want to consider a joint consumer proposal, deal with things at once. But it is the case that people are two legally separate individuals, even once they're married from a debt point of view. So if the debts are only in one spouse's name, there is zero impact to the other spouse, no matter what. If they, they restructure the debts, they don't, they go paid or unpaid. It's just that single spouse's issue. Excellent. Now, do you want to talk about it or shall I? How do people connect with a licensed insolvency trustee? Oh, I'm happy to say that. So people Yay. can find us. Yeah, I get to do the outro. Uh, so people can find <laughs> us online at sans-trustee.com. You can request a free consultation right online. And typically, we're able to book people same day or next day. Uh, most folks are coming to, to see us or speaking with us over the phone or over video these days. Um, you can also give us a call at 1-800-661-3030. And that's going to connect you to our main switchboard. And they'll be able to help you answer some questions and get that consultation just about every Everybody sleeps so much better once they've had that first chat with us. We're here to help, not here to judge. We've been doing it for 34 years in BC. This segment is, what are my debt relief options if I've been bankrupt before? And this is interesting because you're not alone, from what I understand, from reading a little bit about this segment and what it entails, that you aren't alone. There are people who have gone through this before. And uh, SANS has some very solid data on how this can happen more than once and then how they help you through it and the particulars about it too. So Blair, can you start by talking a bit about the common challenges or situations that can trigger a debt problem? And are there similar scenarios that that you run into amongst folks that you're working with. Yeah, so one thing I've learned from being a trustee for about 15 years now is a money problem can happen to anybody at any time, and it can often be someone that's doing all the right things, but then there's just significant matters outside of their immediate control that can really put them in a tough financial situation. So every year we study our client base, we ask some really detailed survey questions. Uh, in the most recent study for 2022, uh, the top four out of five causes of debt uh, were what we'd consider outside of an individual control and they were uh, using credit for essential costs of living that income couldn't cover so things just got too expensive and wages didn't keep pace that's one in five people that come to see us for debt help um, the other three of the of the main causes are very clearly outside of someone's control so illness injury or health related problems yes your health care might be covered but what about your income when you have to take time off work what about expenses for therapies that aren't covered a medical ex expense or a medical incident can really set somebody back financially uh, marital or relationship breakdown this is quite intuitive uh, Breaking down a relationship can be very emotionally traumatic, but it can also be very tough on your finances. Cost to reestablish two single households, um, cost if there's lawyer fees or custody battles or things in play there. 
And then finally, uh, job-related, a job loss, a layoff, a reduction in income. So we saw during the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of folks that would clearly be working as hard as they possibly could just didn't have any option of doing that. They had their income interrupted, sometimes for months on end, uh, and that put them really behind on what, on what they needed to do. It's only about one in four people that we work with really identify that, okay, they mismanaged. They said they had an overextension of credit. They had some general financial mismanagement. Management. For the most part, for four out of five people, it's those causes that I've just went through above. And sometimes there's some other ones a little bit outside of the top five, but things like your spousal income had decreased. There's suddenly a lot more money coming into the household. Um, sometimes there's a dependent that needs extra support. That's often elderly parents these days, or sometimes it's elderly parents who are taking care of adult children uh, who've had income interrupted or some health issues. And then finally, there can be some business failure. Um, of all the folks that go through a bankruptcy or a proposal, as you mentioned, Elaine, there are some people that have to use this remedy more than once, and sometimes it can be for completely different reasons. The most recent statistics from my regulator, the superintendent of bankruptcy, said that in 2021, about 21% of consumers who filed bankruptcy or made a consumer proposal had filed a previous bankruptcy before that second time. Wow. That's quite significant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It wow. is. And, you know, in some cases, you know, it was a, a bankruptcy in the late 70s, or early 80s, because interest rates were crazy. Um, and now the person is retired and having health concerns. So it can be some Got very it. different circumstances. Uh, but certainly there are a proportion of people that have to use the system more than once. Um, and again, the system is, is designed to allow for that. We're going to talk a bit more about that. Yeah. So what are some of the signs that you that, that's very clear that it's time for you to sit down with a uh, licensed insolvency trustee? Uh, what are those signs, Blair, and how can they help? Well, it can be difficult to know that you really need help. And sometimes even if you've been through a previous bankruptcy, the warning signs the second time around might be completely different. The first one might be completely a real estate driven. Uh, the second one might be a health issue. But there are a couple things that really hold true um, that when you're in a money problem, uh, it really can be all consuming. So the idea of overwhelming stress, of constantly thinking about your debt, um, in today's day and age, only making minimum payments on your credit cards, that's quite a big warning sign. Um, even just a few thousand dollars of debt can be decades to pay off just at minimum payments. Uh, if you're relying on credit to make up the gap between your household income and your monthly living expenses every month, a little bit more goes on to the debt and nothing is getting paid down. Um, sometimes if you've been reaching out for a consolidation loan, you've been turned down, um, that's a big warning sign that, okay, you know, things are probably not good if you're seeking to consolidate your debt and the lender is saying, well, you know, that's a little bit too risky. And there's some pretty obvious ones, either threats or maybe already occurring collections, court actions, wage seizures or account balance seizures. Uh, the simple way to say it is if you think you have a debt problem, if it's really on your mind, you probably do. You'd probably really benefit from getting some advice. It's certainly not a foregone conclusion that if you filed bankruptcy once, you have to do that again. For the vast majority of cases, they're able to avoid a second bankruptcy. But as with everything, if you reach out early enough, you have more more options than if you reach out at the 11th hour. Now, if you're one of those people that, that Blair literally uh, sort of mentioned, if you think you have a debt problem, you likely do. This is the phone number, 1-800-661-3030, to reach out from somebody at Sands & Associates. And it's not about you knowing, going in the door, this is what I have to do. I have to file for bankruptcy or I have to do a consumer proposal. It's It can be 
this is my situation. What do you think? Is there, have you got some options for me? Can you assist me in some way, support me in some way? This is the kind of people that you're dealing with at Sands and Associates. So Blair, let's talk. Oh, I want to mention the phone number again, 1-800-661-3030 or their website, sands-trustee.com. So can you talk a little bit about how a second bankruptcy would work for folks? Well, certainly. So in Canada, the bankruptcy proceeding, it's pretty private. Uh, it's quite straightforward. And in most cases, people keep all of their assets. So what happens when you file for bankruptcy is you get forgiveness for virtually all of your debts. So it includes credit cards, overdrafts, amounts owing to the government for tax debt, uh, even ICBC debt, payday loans, student loans, essentially you name it, uh, everything outside of you know child support, spousal support, all other debts can be included in a bankruptcy. What happens when you're in the bankruptcy proceeding is you're protected. Your assets and your income that might be vulnerable to creditors outside of a bankruptcy, all of those things gain protection while you're under the supervision of a trustee. Uh, you stop the debt stress and you really focus on getting a financial fresh start from the never-ending debt payments. Uh, what happens when you're in a bankruptcy, you have to complete a few main duties. Now, the, the most important ones are every month you're in a bankruptcy, you complete a monthly budget. You have to submit to the trustee to show how much income is coming into the household and where that money's going. So part of bankruptcy is financial rehabilitation. And one of the best tools is just to do monthly budgeting that you have to attest to and say, yep, this is my income and here's where it goes. Uh, you have to attend two private financial credit counseling sessions, one-on-one -on -one sessions, not a group session, really focused on your situation where we're going to talk to you about rebuilding your credit, setting that budget, life after the bankruptcy is done. And then a couple other little things like giving the tax documents when it's time to file taxes, you know, answering the phone, if the trustee calls, asking questions about a certain thing on your budget, but relatively straightforward. The big difference if it's not a first bankruptcy is that a second bankruptcy takes longer to complete, uh, costs you a little bit more, uh, and it is on your credit for a longer period of time. So a lot of folks, they do find a second bankruptcy. It's worth seeing what the alternatives are to try to avoid it. But if you have to go through a second bankruptcy, uh, what happens is if you're considered low income, you remain in the state of bankruptcy for 24 months. If you're not considered low income, you remain in the state of bankruptcy for 36 months. Each of those scenarios are about 15 months longer than if it was a first bankruptcy. So a first bankruptcy of someone is low income is just nine months. Second bankruptcy is 24 months. Um, and then the cost of a second bankruptcy, they're increased because the duration is longer. So a first bankruptcy is normally about $2,300 uh, payable over nine months. Uh, a second bankruptcy uh, is more than double that cost. So it's usually around $7,200 uh, payable at about $300 per month. Uh, one of the biggest factors of why people try to avoid a second bankruptcy, and not just because you'll be in there for at least two or three years, but it's also the credit rating impact. It's significantly more punitive than a first-time bankruptcy. After you finish a second bankruptcy, there's 14 years of credit history impact. It doesn't fall off for 14 years after it's done, so at least two to three years to complete it plus 14 years, um, and that's significantly more than just a first-time bankruptcy, which is six years of credit impact after it's done. So it's a big difference uh, doing the second time versus the first time. And the thing that you love to talk about is the consumer proposal. And, uh, and I know, just because I know what this segment's all about, that that's often the best 
next option for a second for a second bank or not a second bankruptcy but a second time around the block mm -hmm. to do things differently using a consumer proposal let's talk about that in our last couple of minutes yeah exactly so a consumer proposal is the most powerful means of consolidating your debt reducing it down to what you can afford and helping you avoid a bankruptcy and a lot of folks i deal with they say well if this proposal thing existed 20 years ago i wouldn't have filed a bankruptcy in the first place because this proposal was exactly what i needed so in some cases a proposal might even cost you less than a bankruptcy not in every case but in some cases the way a proposal works is all of the debt is consolidated together um, you calculate uh, with the trustee, of course, how much you're actually able to to afford to repay on the debt. Sometimes it's in the range of 20 or 30% of the total amount. You don't pay anything extra above and beyond the proposal payment. Um, all the costs of administrations are included. You still receive the same great two financial counseling sessions. Um, and what's even more important for a lot of folks too, is it's over and done with on the credit report much more quickly. So a consumer proposal, and it could even be a second consumer proposal, there's not a limit on these. It only lasts for a maximum of six years from the day that you sign it or one year from when it's paid off. So if a proposal was for five years, literally a year after you're done making your payments, it's gone off your credit history like it never happened. So it's a less severe means of dealing with your debt. And for a lot of folks who filed a first time bankruptcy, they come into our office thinking that a second bankruptcy is their only option. And they're just overjoyed to find, hey, a consumer proposal can be a better way for them to move forward. Uh, and I think it's really important just to remind folks that a consumer proposal is only can only be attained through a licensed insolvency trustee. No one else can facilitate that for you. Oh, that's right. And sometimes if you start looking online, you'll see, oh, there's this government program and government debt repayment. Those don't mean anything. There are no government debt programs other than a consumer proposal. And if someone is saying you need to pay an upfront fee, you need to pay to get connected to a trustee, they are a middleman or a middle person who's just trying to take money for providing no value. Cost you nothing to meet with a trustee to figure out about this option. A trustee is the only person that can file this. So it's always in your best interest to deal directly with the trustee right from the start. Yeah. So if, if this is the time to get confidential debt advice from a non-judgmental expert who actually cares and is and is able to facilitate this for you, book your free consultation with a local Sands and Associates licensed insolvency trustee today. You can do that easily with their phone number. It's 1-800-661-3030. We're going to talk about government debt. Uh, that's everything from tax debt to student loans to those CERB overpayments, as well as others. We're going to learn about the options to solve that unmanageable, what feels like unmanageable government debt. Lots of folks, I know you, you may be surprised to learn that there's some very good debt solutions that can help you consolidate and cut virtually all your debt, even those government debts like the CERB overpayments, which, you know, what, two years ago, three years ago, Blair, we didn't even have that word as something that we knew what it was. And now we're oh, exactly. inundated, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, as well the as CERB, the SEBA, there's a lot of new acronyms. Great stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. And that also includes tax balances, student loans. Blair's going to explain all the options. So Blair, let's start options that folks have that can help them address government debt. And and I know we've talked before that there's a lot of folks that are facing government debt, especially with those CERB overpayments. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biggest thing to take away, Elaine, is that there are options. You know, there's there's typically three ways you can approach having a government debt. You know, one is, of course, we'll try to pay it as, as it comes due. And obviously, that's everybody's objective. If that's not possible, there are two options that you have to legally reduce or eliminate debts owing to government. Uh, one is a consumer proposal, which we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, and the second is a personal bankruptcy. Uh, but both of those can apply to government debt. Just about any amount that you owe to the government can be reduced or compromised. Uh, When you do a consumer proposal, what happens is you're making an offer. And if the government is your only creditor, it's an offer directly to Canada Revenue Agency, where you're saying, you know, Canada Revenue Agency, I could file for bankruptcy and you guys might not get much of this debt back, but I'm going to offer you a better option here. I'm going to offer you to repay what I can afford on the debt. Um, You know, typically it's in the range of 20 to 50% of the balance outstanding. You know, every situation is a little bit different, but it's meant to be a win-win in that you showed the creditors that, hey, I could file a bankruptcy, but I don't want to do that. The win to me is avoiding a bankruptcy. The win to your creditors is that you're offering them back some repayment where they might get zero repayment back if you were to file a bankruptcy. So when you file a consumer proposal, the debt is frozen. There's no further interest that gets charged on it. Um, The government is restrained, just like every other creditor, from taking any action against you. So if your bank account is frozen, it has to be lifted. If your wages are being seized, that has to stop. If the government is calling you or having collection agents on you, all of those things have to come to a grinding halt when you file a consumer proposal. And all you're required to do is make the best offer possible. And then provided that's accepted by your creditors, which in almost every case it is, um, that protection becomes permanent and you just satisfy the terms of the proposal, which is usually paying back a significantly reduced portion of the debt with no extra cost, no interest, uh, no fees on top of that. Uh, If a proposal is not possible and sometimes the tax that has arisen over you know a 10 or 20 year period it might be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and the person just doesn't have the means to offer back you know even a 20 or 25 percent repayment well personal bankruptcy is an option that's always available that can deal uh, in general with a hundred percent of debts owing to government uh, what happens when you file a consumer proposal is it gives you that same protection so when you file a personal bankruptcy is it gives you that same protection as if you had filed the consumer proposal so no more wage seizures, no more bank garnishments, no more harassment. And for most people, they're able to start and finish the bankruptcy inside a nine-month period uh, that allows them to reset back to zero. So two big options people have with government debt. A lot of folks think they have zero options, just pay it in full or keep paying until until you exit the, this earth here. But there's certainly two options that can significantly reduce and eliminate government debt. So if government debt is what's keeping you up at night night and awake all night long, worried, sick about it, Sands & Associates is your next call. It's 1-800-661-3030. They have offices all over British Columbia uh, and have all kinds of ways of helping you and and connecting with you. Uh, And the website is also in there, too, is a great one, sands-trustee.com. What are some of the different types of government debts and other types of debts that a consumer proposal or bankruptcy uh, that you can help people resolve, Blair? Yeah, what's great about working with a trustee is everything we do is set in federal law, and it's incredibly broad. Essentially, it's just about every consumer debt you can think of, which with very few exceptions. So let me give you the highlights here. So your typical consumer and business debts like credit cards, payday loans, lines of credit, overdraft, 
bank loans, anything you can think about you would typically borrow can be either reduced or eliminated through a proposal or a bankruptcy. Um, tax debt can arise in various different ways, but it can all be dealt with. So things like personal income taxes, uh, GST from your business, um, even if you haven't registered for a GST account, sometimes CRA will assess you saying, well, you should have been collecting GST and we want that money now. Uh, you can reduce that amount in a proposal or in a bankruptcy. Uh, even payroll source deduction remittances, so taxes you're supposed to withhold from employees and remit to the government. If you get behind on that, you can deal with that um, as a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy. Um, student loans, ICBC debt, uh, MSP premiums, which have been a, a gone for a few years, but there's still balances outstanding there that are still being collected upon that can be dealt with. Um, debts for a business where you've signed a personal guarantee, personal debts, maybe to another person. So it's a very long list. I could probably go on just any type of debt you can think of can typically be included. Uh, the few debts that can't be included are things like child support payments, some court fines, and certain types of damages, money owing for things stolen. Um, and the last one is just a very recent student loan. So if you've been a student in the last five to seven years and you file a bankruptcy or a proposal, that debt will survive the proceeding, meaning you'll still have to pay it. All your other debt would be gone, but that one would still be there. If it's been at least seven years since you've been a student, student loans are the same as every other debt and they're absolutely able to be eliminated or reduced working with a trustee. Okay. Blair, is it possible to wait out a government debt? Typically, no is the answer. So sometimes when someone comes in with, you know, I just got this collection call from a 10-year-old TELUS debt, we're quite happy to tell them, well, there's a statute of limitations on consumer debts of two years in BC. So really, there's not much that you need to worry about. That doesn't apply to government debt. So government debt doesn't go away. It doesn't expire. And quite often, there's an extra level of worry, stress, and anxiety because when you're dealing with the government, they've got more power than any other creditor to take strong steps against you to really make you feel the pain of owing money. And they can do these things with very little warning to you. So the basic things like charging you interest and penalties, we all know about that. But they can start to seize all of your tax refunds, seize your benefits. Uh, even now, if you're collecting EI and you have a SERB debt, um, CRA is going to seize 50% of your EI benefits to repay that SERB debt. So you can imagine someone who's in between jobs, depending on EI, only getting 50 cents on the dollar of what they're entitled to because CRA is offsetting against another debt. Um, CRA can freeze your bank account, um, seize assets, and even seize wages far in excess of what a court would allow. So typically in the province of BC, if your wages are getting seized, it's up to 30% of those wages. Um, CRA can go up to 100% and even take pension income. Now, none of these things are the first things that they do, but they've got a lot of tools in their toolkit that if you ignore the debt, if you try to wait it out, eventually it will get so severe that some of these actions will be taken against you. I know there's a number one thing uh, that you suggest people avoid doing in this kind of a situation when it comes to government debt. And what is that? Yeah, I'd say there, there's two things. The number one thing by far is just don't ignore the situation. Don't avoid the issue. The worst thing you can do to CRA is to be a non-filer. You know, CRA, they're very good box checkers. They want to be able to check the box every year. Okay, we've got that tax, tax return in. Even if you owe money, it's never in your best interest to not file those returns. So don't ignore, don't suddenly go off the grid. You're really not going to help yourself. Um, even if you can't pay, just filing the returns on time is going to help you avoid late filing penalties 
penalties, which can be significant. Um, the second thing to avoid is you really don't want to avoid transferring or moving around assets if you've already got a debt problem. If you know that you owe money to CRA and you suddenly try to put your house out of your name or sell an asset for you know pennies on the dollar to a family member, um, CRA can make it very difficult for you and for the person that you've sold or transferred that asset to. They can take court proceedings, you know, transfer assets back, um, and then you know have some penalties against you for taking that action. So I definitely understand the instinct sometimes is to try to move assets to protect them, but you definitely want to talk to a trustee first because the assets you're considering might be exempt anyway. You know, your RSPs are going to be safe, your pension is going to be safe. So you definitely just want to get the right advice before you contemplate anything. So don't ignore and don't move things around until you've gotten some really good advice from a trustee. And how to get that advice is give them a call, 1-800-661-3030, or visit their website, sands-trustee.com. Now, this segment, it's it's going to be a, a good one if you've had lots of questions or not too sure about what a licensed insolvency trustee is or how you work with one and what does it feel like, blah, blah, blah. We're going to cover all of those things, the why, the how, and what to expect when you get debt help from a licensed insolvency trustee. Uh, it's all about getting good advice and, of course, helping managing your debt or, or even solving the debt problem. Blair's going to talk about the ins and outs of working with a licensed insolvency trustee. And I guess we'll just start in from a really basic uh, question, Blair. When and why would I have to work with a licensed insolvency trustee? Well, so a licensed insolvency trustee is the only federally regulated, legally qualified and endorsed debt help expert. So you turn to a licensed insolvency trustee when you're facing a challenge in managing your debts. Um, you know, typically people have different circumstances, but quite often people come to us when they're feeling worried or they're struggling with their debt. It might be their monthly payments. They're just not sure how they're ever going to pay their debt off. Uh, sometimes people want some professional help and support in making a plan to repay their debt. Um, some folks have fallen behind or are about to fall behind or their accounts have already gone to collections. Um, in some cases, things are fine with most of their debts, but there's one difficult creditor who is just making their life a, a challenge and is perhaps threatening some court actions. Um, sometimes folks know that they need some debt relief or some debt forgiveness because there's just no way they're able to pay their debts off in full. Whatever the reasons are for someone to reach out, a trustee's job is to help people deal with their debt problem, to get that financial fresh start to back to the point where they owe nobody anything. Uh, and the start of how you get start to get that help is you have a free confidential consultation. You sit down together with the licensed insolvency trustee, and it's going to be a full discussion to talk about your situation, your objectives, looking at all of the options that are out there. Are there some informal options that might be able to help you? Um, are there some formal options, things like whether it's a personal bankruptcy or a consumer proposal that are really going to be what you need to get back on track? In less than an hour with that first meeting, you're going to have clarity on your situation and out line of next steps. And if you choose to go forward, you're going to work directly with that licensed insolvency trustee to help restructure the debts. Uh, if you're like the 90% of people we see who choose a consumer proposal or the 10% of folks who need to go through a personal bankruptcy, only a trustee can give you access to those remedies.
Yeah, and really important. And when Blair says only a trustee is going to be able to help you, uh, they're federally regulated and the only ones who can facilitate a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy, as well as give you all kinds of really good information uh, to take other action if you want to do that as well. So really important that these, that a licensed insolvency trustee is the only one in this country who has the, um, has the ability and is federally regulated to take on that responsibility with you and for you. Um, how does the a consumer proposal work, Blair, and how is it different to a bankruptcy for folks who just aren't sure? Well, a consumer proposal is the solution of choice for someone that needs to legally consolidate and reduce their debt so they just know they can't afford to pay things off in full. And what a consumer proposal allows you to do is to make a formal offer to repay your creditors a portion of the balance, essentially what you can afford that's not going to put you into hardship. When you file a consumer proposal, all of your debts are combined into a single consolidated payment. You usually make monthly payments and it covers virtually all of your consumer debts, everything from consumer sorry, from credit cards to payday loans, serve overpayments, CRA taxes, student loans, uh, and more. And typically debts are cut by 50 to 80% or even more, depending on the individual circumstances. And you get up to five years to complete your proposal payments. What happens when a proposal is accepted is creditors lose any ability um, to continue to charge interest or to pursue you for the debt. And once that proposal is paid off, once the terms are satisfied, which is you make the payments and you attend two financial counseling sessions, that debt is legally discharged, meaning that even though you might have only paid 20 cents on the dollar, as soon as you've satisfied your proposal, legally that debt is written off in full as if it had been 100% paid. It can never again, you can never again be pursued for that debt. Um, what a trustee does when you do a consumer proposal is a trustee assembles all the required paperwork. They structure the proposal for you. They notify the creditors. They take over all the creditor communications, and then they're your resources as well, providing you with financial counseling and answering your questions as the proposal goes along. So again, for about 90% of people that we see who are asking for our help, a consumer proposal is a godsend. It's just exactly what they're looking for to get back on track without a bankruptcy. Now for about 10% of people, bankruptcy is what they need to do. And in some cases, you know, it's an ICBC accident where insurance wasn't covered and the debt is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and trying to offer back, you know, even 20% or 15% of the debt of a, hundred, of a few hundred thousand dollars can just be unaffordable for certain situations. So the way a bankruptcy works is if you know that you're not able to make a reasonable repayment on the amount of debt that you've incurred, uh, you meet with a trustee and bankruptcy operates to give you a financial reset. So you end up back owing nobody anything. Most people in a bankruptcy start and finish inside of nine months. Um, and usually the cost of the bankruptcy is just some basic administration fees cover it costing about $2,300 over that nine month period. Um, there's extra duties a person has to do in a bankruptcy. You know, they have to give some tax information. Um, they may have to report their income every month, which is a little different than a proposal. But essentially, a proposal is a great option if you're able to perform it. And a bankruptcy is the last resort. If a proposal is not feasible for you and you need that fresh financial start, a bankruptcy is your other legal option to get you back to owing nobody anything. Okay, Blair, but how does a licensed insolvency trustee get paid for mm -hmm. all of this work? And there's a lot of work involved on your behalf to, to facilitate either a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. How do you get mm -hmm. paid for that work? 
And that's a great question and one I'm happy to answer head on because it's always people are thinking, well, what's the catch here? It sounds too good to be true. And I'm a financial skeptic myself. So I thought it was too good to be true. When I first heard about a proposal, the way a, a trustee gets paid in a proposal is out of your payments. So there's nothing extra that you're ever charged. The government has a single consumer proposal tariff that every trustee in Canada, all 1000 of them or so um, is subject to. So what it means is let's say you were doing a consumer proposal and you were offering back 10000 $1,800, maybe it was on a $30,000 debt or something, you'd be paying about $300 a month for 36 months. And that's all that you would be paying. That covers the trustees cost, the government filing fees, the counseling fees, everything like that. Essentially, once we've determined what you can afford to repay back on your debts, your creditors are paying the cost of the proposal, and they get the balance of what's left over after the trustee um, has essentially taken their fees. Um, at Sands and Associates, you don't pay anything upfront when you file a consumer proposal, um, all you do is agree to start making those monthly payments. And if you meet with us three or four times, you decide, hey, you know what, I just really don't want to do this proposal after all, you're never going to get a bill for us for services, nothing like that will just wish you well. And you know, hey, we're still here for you in the future. If you do a proposal, and let's say a couple months in something so drastic happened, and you're not able to perform the proposal, you might have only paid a few hundred dollars, there will never be a bill from your trustee saying, well, here's my cost, here's all the time that I've incurred. So certainly the trustee takes a bit of a risk on every proposal that if people don't pay it off, the trustee doesn't get paid, but it's a risk we're very comfortable taking. And the takeaway to the individual is there's nothing extra you're ever going to be charged when you do a consumer proposal. Now, Blair, we're inundated with advertising all the time of all kinds of help other than a licensed insolvency mm -hmm. trustee. So can we talk a little bit about that in the last minute or so? Yeah, it, it's very, very straightforward. It's just say no. If you're not dealing with a licensed insolvency trustee and someone is telling you that they can do a consumer proposal, you need to run the other way. If they're lying to you, they're actually committing an offense and representing themselves to be a trustee when they're not. And it's amazing the number of people I see who sometimes have spent two, three, even $4,000 thinking they were working with a trustee. And just at the end of the stage, they realize, oh, well, I'm meeting the trustee now and I could have done this for free. Um, so definitely never pay anything to get a proposal together and only deal with a licensed insolvency trustee. Book your free consultation with Sands & Associates and this is the number 1-800-661-3030 or visit their website sands-trustee.com. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.